to our village. Please invade carefully. By Eddie Robson. Episode 2. Minimum volume. What are you reading? One of my old pony books. Mary and the Runaway Pony. You used to love those Mary books. Yes. Mary and the Tiny Pony. Mary has two ponies. Mary enjoys her ponies. Mary jumps for joy. Mary and the Pony, he lived in a castle. Mary and the Inappropriate Pony. Mary and the Cockney Pony. Mary and the Pony Pony. Mary and the Nazi Pony. And the last one. Mary is cruel to be kind. Shame they're all rubbish. Rubbish? Formulaic, mawkish, contrived rubbish with dubious gender politics. And the illustrations are by someone who apparently only had access to two photographs of a horse. Shall we take them to the charity shop, then? Dad, I can never get rid of them. These books are my childhood. And besides, since the village was invaded by aliens, I'm no longer convinced the proceeds from the charity shop are actually going to help abandoned dogs. Mr. Ollibarn said he'd keep passing the money on whenever he ventured outside the force field. He also said he was a human being for a year and a half and then turned out to be an alien warlord. So forgive me if I have some trust issues there. Katrina, Mr. Ollibarn wants to see you. Then he can come here and tell me himself, Mum. I want to see you. On pain of death, etc. Only if you're difficult about it. Fine. I'll see you later. Good grief. Katrina's old pony books. I know. Bring back memories, don't they? Yes. Memories of her whining about wanting a pony. So, I'm about to launch a new project which will shape the future of the human race in the post-invasion environment. And I need a human colleague to assist me with it. And it's an area in which you have particular experience, making you the ideal candidate for the job. Forget it. Right. I would never work with you in a million years, so there's no point buttering me up, telling me I'm the ideal candidate. If I could just interject... I'm thinking you can wave goodbye to any opposition from me, because I will fight I didn't the... mean that you were the ideal candidate. I was talking to Mrs Leeson. Me? Yes, you. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> what is the job? I'm in the process of assembling a new school curriculum for the human race under alien rule. I've got a clear idea of what needs to be done as regards math, science, geography and so on, but I'm looking for someone to help me with literature. Oh! And how is she the ideal candidate for that? 27 years' experience running the charity shop. She's worked with books more than anyone in the village. Yes, but in a way that mostly involves writing 49p, 99 peel £1.49 on the inside front covers. I also divide them into genres. I've seen your genre. Your three genre. Children's books, men's books and women's books. Well, you'll have plenty of opportunity to devise a new system of categorisation in the weeks to come. Why? Because that's why I invited you here. I want you to take over the running of the charity shop while Mrs Leeson is helping me. Why me? Because you've got experience of working for a charity. Yes, an educational charity that helps disadvantaged children. Exactly. I design our reading programmes. One of my main jobs is putting together packages of books to give to kids who can't afford them. You know all this. And yet you've picked her. No offence. None taken. It's true, you are a better candidate. No offence. None taken. And I discounted you on the grounds that, as you just said, you would never work for me in a million years. Oh, but it's nice to be asked. Indeed it is. That's why I'm asking you to help out in the charity shop. 
No. Oh, please, dear. Do it for the dog's home. If the money ever gets to the dog's home. Of course the money gets to the dog's home. I'd never funnel the revenue of the charity shop and use it to supplement the invasion budget. <laughs> so this curriculum project, what are you actually going to do? Access a wide variety of works to create a canon of literature which we deem suitable for teaching to future generations. Oh, good. Because so many books are unsuitable, aren't they? All full of murder and war and nastiness and swearing and people throwing up. And thoughts. Who wants to know what people are thinking? They should keep it to themselves. You can't get her in to do this. She's got no idea what she's banging on about. No offence. None taken. Whereas I've been saying for years the curriculum needs to be overhauled. The way we teach literature puts a lot of people off reading for life. I've already put a lot of thought into it. Then it's a shame you'd never work for me in a million years. I did say that, didn't I? But this would be more of an advisory role, wouldn't it? And I don't want to see you make a hash of it just because you've been badly advised, so I might consider a temporary cessation of hostilities. The job's yours. It's not a job, it's an advisory role. My apologies, Mrs Leeson. That's all right. There's lots to get on with at the charity shop. I've got to price up that huge box of pony books that came in earlier. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to have a word with my mother. You missed a resistance meeting for this. Lucy! Oh, God, is it three o'clock already? No, it's four o'clock. You've been waiting at the cricket pavilion for an hour. No, ten minutes. I was late. Damn, I could have lied just then, couldn't I? I'm sorry, I lost track of time. Damn, I could have lied too. It wouldn't have worked because your mum told me how hectic your new job is. I'm detecting a slight undertone of contempt. After you had a big go at me for helping Uliaban set up his Facebook page, you are such a hypocrite. <laughs> Look, hear me out. He was going to give the job to Mrs Leeson. From the charity shop? Yes. And if she was in charge, all we'd have been left with is Enid Blyton and the Bible. And maybe not even all of the Bible, because it contains 70 genocides and quite a few racy bits, actually. <laughs> Whereas I'm going to put the brakes on his plan. How? Oliban says he wants a canon of works reflecting GNN values, but I'm not stupid. The criteria he's given me are designed to cut out anything that encourages collective action, standing up to oppressors and so on. So, as well as putting a decent curriculum together, I'm also sneaking in as many subversive books onto the list as I can. Oh, maybe that's not so bad. Can we go and have a resistance meeting now? Uh, can we do it tomorrow? I'm trying to summarise the War of the Worlds while skating over the fact that it's got aliens in it. <laughs> Is that possible? Oh, I'm doing well so far. According to me, 1984 was a romantic caper with a bit of a sad ending. <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. The title, The War of the Worlds, is a largely metaphorical one. Lucy seemed cross. Yes. Oddly, she does seem cross that I've slightly compromised our policy of never compromising on anything ever. I think this is a good thing for you. Well, collaborating with a would-be global dictator is what I dreamed of ever since I was a little girl. Did you? I thought you wanted to become the first female James Bond and sabotage the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> You never notice when I'm being sarcastic. Is that like when people are tone deaf? The thing is, aren't you always saying you could manage education policy better than the people whose job it is? I don't know if I'm always saying it. 
I probably say two, maybe three times a week. So, this is a good opportunity for you. No, it's not ideal that it comes via invaders from another planet. No, it's a catastrophe for humanity. But the fact remains there are people in our backyard right now who are going to change the world. Oh, yes. What are they doing there? They're collecting some samples of flora and fauna. And I asked them to weed the flower beds while they're at it. Good work, boys! <laughs> And what Kafka essentially shows us is that life is all much easier if you never question anything in the first place. What happened to you? Is it tomorrow already? No, it's the day after tomorrow. Really? Sorry, I've just been working so hard on this... That your brain's fallen out and they're replaced by an evil computer. That wasn't exactly what I was going to say. Well, that's how it seems. I've nearly finished this report and then I promise I'll get back on board with resistance business. Well, maybe there won't be a board for you to get back on. What does that mean? I don't know what it means, but that doesn't mean I don't mean it. <laughs> Katrina Lyons has delivered her report. Good. Print it off, please. Consider the environment. Do you need to print this report? <laughs> we are here to plunder this planet's mineral wealth, so I don't care. Fair enough. Printer... Printer? What? Print off this report, please. What, now? Yes, now. Oh, I'm not sure I've got enough paper. You've got enough paper? Oh, I'm not sure I've got enough ink. You've got enough ink. <sighs> All right. Let me get ready. <laughs> What's it doing? Printer? Printer? Printer! Tell it again to print the report. Print off this report, please. It's not doing anything. You send the request another four or five times, maybe that'll wake it up. Now, the report... The report is 236 pages long. Are you sure you want to proceed? Do it! Print off this report, print off this report, print off this report, print off this report. Print off this report. Maybe there's a bit of paper stuck... Oh! Here we go. Printing off seven copies of your report. No, just one. Too late now. You asked for seven. <laughs> but you didn't do anything. I was getting ready. Stop printing. Printing page three of 1,652. No, stop printing. Sorry, can't hear you. I'm too busy printing. Right. This meeting of the real resistance will now come to order, yeah? Was the previous resistance not the real one, then? I've taken control and made it real. So if you were in control of a Citizens Advice Bureau, you'd call it the real Citizens Advice Bureau. Uh, and if you were in charge of the, the Church of England, you'd call it the real Church of England. And if you were in charge of Real Madrid, you'd call them... It's my way of saying we're not messing about anymore and we're kicking it up a gear, yeah? Yeah! Yeah? Yeah! Why are we saying yeah? You started it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Register of attendance. Lucy Alexander. Here. Weird Patrick. Can you not call me Weird Patrick, please? But it's your name. No, it, it isn't. Isn't it? I heard you changed it by depot. Why would I do that? Because you're weird. Look, my, <laughs> my name is Patrick Norton. I'll start again, then. Lucy Alexander. Here. And Patrick... Pat 
All I can think when I look at you is Weird Patrick. Oh, that'll do. Thanks, it'll be much easier. So, Weird Patrick, I know we said before that you couldn't join the Resistance because you're... Weird. Actually, I was going to say creepy, and then I stopped to see if I could think of a nicer way to put it, and now I've said creepy anyway. Uh, so I may as well not bother, but things have changed. How have they changed? Katrina's sold out to the aliens, and so she's dead to me now. Oh, that's a shame. Yes, but also not in a way, because now I'm in charge. I, I thought this was an anarcho-syndicalist collective. Yeah, it is one of those, and I'm in charge of it. <laughs> So, I've read your report. Already? I only delivered it half an hour ago. All right, maybe not read. I've seen your report. Are you going to read it? No, because while I was trying to get around to reading it, I had a thought. This thought you've had, is it going to render my report, which I've just spent three days assembling, redundant? A bit. Why should this stop with educating children? We should think in terms of lifelong learning. Create a curriculum for everyone, you yes. mean? Yes. I think people would find literature far more accessible if there wasn't as much of it. Who can keep track of it all? But that's the joy of it, the lively diversity. One man's lively diversity is another man's irritating administrative palaver. <laughs> we have an opportunity to simplify the system and create a better experience for everyone. What happens to the books that aren't on the new curriculum? We put them all somewhere they can't confuse anybody. Somewhere safe. Somewhere concrete and underground. That isn't what I signed up for. What a shame. But thank you for your report. I'll use it as a basis to decide which 30 books make it to the approved list. 30? Too many? There are more books than that being published every hour. Which is exactly the problem. You can't do this. Anyone who's working with me on the project would be in a position to convince me to make the list longer. All right, I'll help. We should uh, print off some copies of the books for reference. Can I use your printer? No. <laughs> so, the plan is as follows. One, get close to the alien spaceship. Two, find the most breakable looking bit. Three, hit it with something. <laughs> How do we do all this without being seen? By doing it when they're not looking. <laughs> oh, I I've got a better idea. Aliens always have a surprisingly straightforward weakness. Is that right? Yeah, always. And I've been carrying out a programme of covert experiments to identify it. I've already squirted a couple of the minions with a super soaker to see if water makes them dissolve. And does it? No. <laughs> and neither did basic household liquids like apple juice and vinegar. But I've done loads more experiments and I've worked out that the geonid are incapable of seeing the colour orange. I'd never have got that. I established it by throwing different coloured paper aeroplanes over the top of their spaceship. Out of 320 paper aeroplanes, the orange ones always went unnoticed. So did most of the others. But the orange ones always did. Wow, that must have been really boring. But well done. I mean, see, Katrina thought she was so great, but she never worked out what the alien's surprisingly straightforward weakness was. It takes a special kind of mind. <laughs> Mom, do we have a copy of... <laughs> 
He wants to create an acceptable canon of literature for everyone, not just for school kids. Well, it, it sounds like he's making the project a lot bigger. There are some things you don't want to get bigger, Mum. Those things include Verrucas, motorway pile-ups and Ulyaban's projects. Still, you're still getting to promote your approach to literature. And in the process, condemning every other book ever published, never to be seen again. It's not much to celebrate. So... You don't want this carver and Black Forest Gatto. I didn't say that. Hello, Mrs. Leeson. Hello, dear. Hello, Mr. Veldon. <laughs> We're looking for anything by any of these writers. Is Mole Flanders under men's books or women's books? Children's. Oh, grief. <laughs> Dad, what's up? Your mother's been trying to sneak some of my old copies of Wisdom out of the house again. It bothers her that there are slightly too many to fit on that bookcase on the stairs. What do they look like? Yellow, with a man on the cover playing cricket and a year. Oh, my memory's not what it was, but I think I saw those in the back room, excuse me. What are you here for? I need copies of some great works of literature so that I can make the case to Ulyaban that they shouldn't be buried in an underground bunker for the rest of time. I found your yellow books, Richard. Oh, I'm ever so sorry. You want to know, just like you want to know the last six times this has happened. <laughs> but not to worry, I'll buy them back as usual. Two pounds ninety-seven, please. These are worth about twenty-five quid each in this condition, you know. Oh, that's a 59. I haven't got that one. You have now. Here you go. 99 pence. Didn't you just say it's worth 25 pounds? I was exaggerating. Three books per author, is that all? Why not? From what I understand, most writers just rehash the same set of themes and tropes anyway. You can't expect me to choose which three Jane Austen novels to rescue from your vault of oblivion. Fine. Eeny, meeny, miny. No, don't do that. Uh, Sense and Sensibility, Northanger Abbey, and Persuasion. Not the one about the zombies? It's not really about zombies. That's just the only copy they had in the shop. But yes, how can I not keep Pride and Prejudice? I'll let you have four. Yes! If we remove all the Stephen King. What have you got against Stephen King? I don't like how his name is in such big letters on the cover. Seems a bit... <laughs> Seems a bit self-aggrandizing, even if he is a king. You can't ask me to compare two such different authors. Their objectors and worlds are so Oops, there goes Pride and Prejudice. All right, fine. Sorry, Stephen. Now we're getting somewhere. Gravis, here are some books that definitely aren't on the list. Take them back to the charity shop, would you? See if that nice crystal decanter is still there, will you? I regret not buying it last time I was in. <laughs> Oh, and if it isn't still there, search the village, find out who did buy it, and take it from them by force. <laughs> Sir? Shh. I'm reading. What are you reading? Mary and the Tiny Pony. <laughs> Miss Lyons tried to sneak it onto the list, and it's a terrible book, so she must have included it because it contains some subversive message. When you finished... 
you might like to know our spaceship is under attack. <laughs> what? Yep. By our mortal enemies, the Thufron? No, by two humans who've painted themselves orange. <laughs> you there! Stop hitting my spaceship! No, don't just carry on! Do you think I can't see you? Yes! <laughs> Well, I'm afraid you're mistaken. Right. What now, Luther? Run for it! Two humans were attacking the spaceship. Go and find them. It shouldn't be hard. They're painted orange. <laughs> Why are they painted orange? Analyzing now. I calculate there is a 67% chance that they are celebrating the Dutch festival known as Queen's Day. <laughs> And an 18% chance they are filming a TV commercial for the averagely popular soft drink Tango. Would either of those explain why they were hitting the spaceship's fuel line with a garden hoe and a nine-iron golf club? Analyzing. No. How's it going, love? Genius. I was up half the night working out which Shakespeare plays to save. Tricky. But you could always advance the argument But that... then I realised... Uliban didn't say I couldn't rewrite the text. There's nothing in the rules about that. So I'm compiling the entire works of William Shakespeare into three plays. One tragedy, one comedy, and one history. Right. So now I get to keep all the best bits, and they're really exciting too. One of them's wall-to-wall -wall murders and soliloquies. One of them's got 14 weddings and 23 romantic misunderstandings. And, and the other's just a load of kings, one after the other. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to suggest you advance the argument that Shakespeare was in fact a pen name for a conglomerate of playwrights, and then you could keep more than three. But it's a conspiracy theory, started by someone who later died in a madhouse that bears no resemblance to historical fact. Better than doing the hooked-on classics version of Renaissance theatre there, don't you think? <laughs> oh, God, you're right. I've lost it. I thought you had, but I didn't like to say. I've written a whole scene where Hamlet, Macduff, Cordelia, Othello and Titus Andronicus teamed up like the Avengers. <laughs> what was I thinking? You're making it sound quite good now. No more. Every work of literature, from the classics that have endured through the ages, right down to the ones you find on the bookshelves in holiday cottages, is a unique perspective on the world. And even though I have better judgment than 70, 75% of people, is it right that I, well, maybe 80%, decide which ones will survive and which ones will be consigned to the flames? Dad? Hmm? I was looking for a no there. Sorry, I was reading this fight scene between Lady Macbeth and Cleopatra. No, no, don't read that. It accidentally got sexy towards the end. <laughs> Ah, uh, Miss Lyons, can we postpone our meeting? I have to deal with some insurgents. Insurgents? Yes, they surged in, attacked the spaceship, then they surged back out again. <laughs> Lucy? What's going on? Hello, Quincy. No. <laughs> no, it's Quizzling. What am I thinking of? The coroner on TV is also a detective. <laughs> What's Patrick doing here? Me and him are the real resistance. Yeah! And he's brilliant and knows loads about aliens, so we don't even need you anymore, traitor. As a matter of fact, I came to tell Uliban that I'm not going to cooperate with his book-vetting scheme. I've compromised my principles, and I told myself I was doing it for noble reasons and that I was making things better, and really all I was doing was putting a cherry on top of a massive pile of poo and saying, See that cherry? I put that there. 
No more. I'm coming back to the resistance. If you'll have me back. Oh, thank God, yes, please come back. His plan was useless. It was a scientific survey. Not scientific enough. You're fired. Whether he's fired or not is something of a moot point, considering you're both my prisoners. But aren't you going to just sneer at our failure for a bit and then let us go? That is what you usually do. Ah, but what if they learn from their mistakes? They won't. People who make a mistake like painting themselves orange don't learn from it. <laughs> I suppose I might consider letting them go. If you continue in your literature vetting role, Miss Lyons. What? It's a simple choice. Yeah, it does sound simple. Yeah, really, really simple. Can you hurry up and make it, please? All right, let them go. Minions, release them. Can I have the hole back? No, I'm keeping the hole. Thanks, Katrina. Don't mention it. Although, you are a traitor again for putting me ahead of the cause and going back to work for him. Yes, I know. But, yeah, thanks. Great. So, it may interest you to know that there's compelling evidence to suggest that William Shakespeare was, in fact, several authors using a single pen name. No, there isn't. Minions, why are you still here? Can't it wait? Seriously? What are they saying? It seems the Minions did not give those Jane Austen novels back to the charity shop as instructed. Instead, they've been reading them and passing them round. And did they like them? <laughs> yes. They particularly enjoy how the author leaves ambiguities in the text which prompt the reader to consider the differences between the fictional situations presented therein and the reality of society at that time. How did you react to Fanny in Mansfield Park? <laughs> yes, if, if you want to discuss the finer points, you can go along to their book club tonight. Glad you found something to do in your spare time, but we do have to proceed with the vetting programme. You can't do that. They can't do what? They are demanding that I abandon the book programme. That's mutiny. I shall report you all to high command and have you replaced. And how long will their replacements take to arrive? A few months? Whilst in the meantime, it's you against them. Fine. It's of no consequence. I can invade this planet whether there are books or not. What are they saying now? They're trying to decide what next week's book group book should be. No, I will not print off six copies of the picture of Dorian Gray. Printing in progress. What are you doing? You said print off six copies of Dorian Gray. I said I didn't want to do that. Did you? I only started listening from the word print. A garden hoe has been inserted into the ring. Hello. Got a few more books for you. Oh, that's very generous, Margaret. <laughs> Don't even mention it. Just some old things I had hanging around the house. I certainly don't need them. Oh, it's some more of those yellow books. <laughs> Is that all right? Oh, yes. Whenever we get any of those in, they always sell. Oh, and some more pony books, too. <laughs> 
Yes, uh, can I help you? <laughs> Is it a book? Oh, I haven't heard of it, I'm afraid. Are you sure you don't mean Fifty Shades of Grey? It's very good. Welcome to Our Village, Please Invade Carefully was written by Eddie Robson. It featured Joanna Brooks, Peter Davison, Jan Francis, Hattie Morahan, Nicholas Murchie, Hannah Murray, John Luke Roberts and Julian Ryan Tutt. It was script edited by Arthur Matthews and the producer was Ed Morrish.